Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. First off, thank you to my sponsors, Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads our users are located. And also, the podcast is brought to you by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application layering product on the market today. Check out whatmatrix.com for a full feature breakdown. And now for some news. ExtraHop this week made the front page of Hacker News. On December 7th, they posted an article on their own site, extrahop.com. They found an imposter Chrome extension called Postman named the same as a popular web developer tool. The imposter version of the extension had over 27,000 downloads. ExtraHop's Reveal X product detected this imposter version was exfiltrating URL information data over port 6332. ExtraHop stated that they contacted Google a month before they published this article, and after a month, they had yet to hear back from them. Kudos goes to ExtraHop for doing the right thing and giving Google or any vendor in this type of situation enough time to address the problem before going public. Personally, I think that did the right thing by going public with this. They possibly protected others from erroneously downloading the wrong extension for Postman. This is just one example of why ExtraHop have such an awesome product. It shows everything traversing your network. It's very easy to see something which is amiss. It's great that they reported this in my opinion. I posted a couple of blog articles about my experience with ExtraHop. If you'd like to read about them, I'll share those links with this episode of the podcast, which is episode 50. You'll find them on 5bytespodcast.com under resource links. ZDNet reported that an Indian company, HCL, has this week bought Notes and Domino from IBM. Also part of the deal, which was reported to be worth $1.8 billion, are Portal, Commerce, and Unica, Big Fix, and AppScan. The president and CEO of HCL Technology said, the products that we are acquiring are in large growing market areas like security, marketing, and commerce, which are strategic segments for HCL. Many of these products are well regarded by clients and positioned in the top quadrant by industry analysts. He added, the company sees tremendous potential for creating as-a-service offerings by combining the acquisitions with its existing products. HCL have actually been a development partner for Domino since October 2017. I'll be really interested to see how this plays out. Personally, I don't see the potential in these particular products, but perhaps these products are or will become popular in a different part of the world than where I am. I have been surprised that many organizations actually still use Big Fix. That is one I see quite a bit. Maybe they intend to license the products as a suite and increase the footprint that way so existing customers of theirs can buy more of these products out of this suite from this acquisition and they'll just kind of extend into existing customers and possibly get new customers by offering a fuller stack of products in their suite. Who knows really? Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop 7.18.11 has been released with several new features and enhancements, including logon performance, profile drill down in Citrix Director, Microsoft RDS License Health, Hypervisor Alerts Monitoring, RTOP Data Display, 
significant display improvements, particularly for Windows 10 on the client side. There's also a new studio interface for creating restart schedules, which is one of the more interesting features to me. It looks like we may be able to set up tags and have certain servers reboot on particular days. If you have a large delivery group and want to reboot only a subset of servers each night rather than all at once, it looks like this may be possible now. Although I'm kind of talking out of my ass here because I haven't actually tried it yet, but that's some of the potential I see and it's some of the interest of why I want to check out this version. Also, this release features some enhancements for the browser content redirection feature, which I believe is pretty key. Publishing browsers right now is a nightmare. It can kill your user density in a Citrix environment. The early edition of this feature didn't work out so well for me in my testing. It didn't seem to offload the web content to process on the end user's client side. It looks like this may be the improvement I was hoping for. The demo contained within the article is a video of showing off Microsoft Teams, which could become more popular in enterprise as orgs move away from the now deprecated Skype for Business. Like I said, there's been some display improvements too. There's some demos out there online. You'll probably find them on uh, YouTube or Twitter. There's other improvements to say Citrix Profile Management 18.11, which now supports a number of additional Windows search versions for native Outlook search and roaming features, which is a big problem with Outlook on a non-persistent environment. I was really surprised by the number of significant features in this release. For a full list of these, I suggest you check out the Citrix article and dig into what's new for yourself. Still somewhat Citrix related here, but not really. It could apply to a lot of other things. I've previously featured the great BISF tool. Well, version 6.1.0 build 01102 has been released, which is a minor release containing some bug fixes. If you haven't tried this tool out for yourself, you should really give it a look. When sealing your images, running this tool can give you great savings and optimize your image for the best performance possible. TechRadar have reported that Microsoft halted Windows 10 cumulative update KB446782 after reports of blue screen of death issues stemming from its install. The issue was only detected on Surface Book 2 machines, which should be pretty embarrassing for Microsoft in my opinion. The good news is that Microsoft have already rolled out a new cumulative update which fixes the issue. Remember I talked about an issue on Windows 10 mapping network drives a couple of weeks ago? Well, Byte Ben on Twitter, <laughs> clever name, B-Y-T-E Ben, clever pun, has confirmed that this is now fixed. You will want to install KB4470788 and then KB4469342. While on the topic of, I guess, updates and Windows updates for the December patch Tuesday, you'll really, want, you'll really want to take the security patches this month as they fix some known zero days that are out there in the wild. And these are zero days that unlike some other ones you hear about, these ones are actually currently being used in attacks. So you'll want to install those security updates as soon as possible. And I believe that applies across all Windows operating systems. And like like I said last week, don't forget to install that Adobe Flash update that's available too. Networkworld.com reported this week that computers may soon not generate any heat. Imagine that, a computer running cold. So true story, I rented a box room years ago. It was tiny. My old tower was enough to heat my room and it was actually cheaper 
to leave running than my actual heater. <laughs> Dark days. The article goes on to explain that transistors, superconductors, and chip design have all seen efficiency breakthroughs this year. So much so that we may see the cold running computers before too long. There are several technological advances that could lead to this, including ultra low energy topological electronics, cooling channels on chips, and a form of superconductivity that allows for transportation of electrons without heat production. Which, honestly, is kind of redundant because I already said that. Just that was a longer version. Well, that would be cool, I think. TechCrunch.com have reported that Supermicro has sent a letter to its customers saying that it has found no evidence of malicious chips on its motherboards after a third-party audit was completed. On October 4th, a Bloomberg report claimed that China's spies managed to conceal the, their tiny malicious chips on Supermicro motherboards. Those chips would then end up in data centers operated by Supermicro customers such as Amazon and Apple. It would be very interesting to see what happens now. Articles like this could be very damaging to a business such as Supermicro. I'm guessing there will be some legal proceedings. In what I believe is a pretty unique step, Citrix have published a product roadmap of their Citrix Workspace product. You can check out what has already launched and what is currently in development. For example, it appears there will be Okta integration in the future, which is great. It appears there will also be a Google Identity integration too, which is also awesome. It appears there will also be future integration of Horizon Apps and Horizon Virtual Desktop, very interesting, as well as Windows Virtual Desktop. So seemingly this roadmap spells out that Citrix are going to become a lot more integration focused. So rather than just directly competing on multiple fronts, they'll be providing a means to deploy, publish, and run these other third-party products like Horizon Apps and Virtual Desktop and Windows Virtual Desktop right from the Citrix workspace. Personally, I think this is a good move. In my MVP Days Online session from a couple weeks ago, this is what I said. I believe that vendors like VMware and Citrix should do more. It's something that a company that I really like, Software2, already does with their Apps Anywhere portal. They just integrate a bunch of different third-party products. So if you want to publish your Citrix applications through their web portal, you can. If you want to publish your Horizon apps, you can. Horizon desktops, yeah. Parallels published apps, yep. Uh, if you want to publish AppV applications directly. So if a user launches an application or sorry, goes into the portal and it checks and sees that they've got the AppV client currently installed and you've said, hey, if a user has this, an AppV client, present this AppV application to them, they could stream that application directly to their client clicking through the same web portal. Options are always a great thing in the world of IT. This week, I updated the application layering what matrix to show some more up-to-date info. If you'd like to do a feature-by-feature -feature comparison of all app layering products, check that out at whatmatrix.com. It's actually what I mentioned at the very start of this podcast too. But it's been updated this week. Windows 10 Insider Preview Build 18.2.9.8 is now available to Windows Insiders in the fast ring. Some of the UI changes have continued, for example, the file explorer icon got a facelift. I talked a little bit about how they're slowly changing the look and feel of some of the icons that have been there for years and some of the dialogues. 
So in this edition, the File Explorer icon, for example, has changed. In Notepad, you can now use a keyboard shortcut to open a new window, Control-Shift-N. There's consolidation of sign-in options and much more. I'll include a link if you'd like to read all of the new features for yourself. That link will be on 5bytespodcast.com under resource links for episode 50 and in the YouTube description in this episode. ICT-R have done it again. Alto Van Gulik posted an in-depth article on performance metrics when using Citrix Optimizer version 2, which is currently in beta. A little earlier, I talked a little bit about a new version of the BSIF tool. Well, there's BSIF, there's VMware's optimization tool, there's the Citrix optimization tool. There's several different tools you can use to optimize your image. So when you're sealing that sucker, run this optimization tool. It will do things like, um, I, I think it's called like a next-gen repair, basically a .NET framework optimization. It will make sure services that should be shut down typically when sealing an image are shut down. It can clear out your Windows event logs before sealing and many, many more things that you may not have thought of or you may not even know about for yourself. Well, this article looks at some of the benefits of running the Citrix Optimizer version 2 in particular. According to the article, it looks like there's been some input from the community on this too, and the results are pretty comprehensive. The average logon duration, for example, was cut down by more than half on the desktop side. My buddy Ryan posted another article on ICT-R covering performance improvements gained by using the same optimizer on the server side on server 2019. And the results are a stark contrast to that in the Windows 10 desktop study. I don't want to give away all of the metrics and details like usual. I just suggest you check them out for yourself. Personally, I would love to see more studies like this on some of the other optimization tools that are available like VMware's optimization tool, BSIF, and others. And I actually reached out to Ryan about this and suggested that. And it's something that they're going to look at doing too. So thanks a lot to ICT-R and the guys that do such great work over there they've just been churning out these amazing articles every week it seems for the last several months so go check out that site for yourself Derek Seaman blogged this week that Nutanix Acropolis version 5.10.01 has been released the official release notes are behind a customer portal login so I couldn't get to them but it appears from this article that this update resolves an issue with licensing and Stargate in AOS Prism Central and AOS both have a fix for LDAPs and a Prism Gateway service account issue. Sorry, I don't have more details on there, but if you're a Nutanix customer, you can get through that portal and check it out for yourself. Awesome Citrix CTP Joe Shank pointed out this week that Citrix have updated the end of life for Netscaler version 10.5 firmware. If you're rocking 10.5, end of life is April 30th, 2020. And end of maintenance is April 30th, 2019, which is much sooner, so may want to start thinking about upgrading. And because I'm watching MSIX very closely, this week I noticed Hyper-V now has a template to create an MSIX packaging VM. This is very interesting. They never had this option for setting up an AppV sequencing VM. This could be another sign that things are different when it comes to MSIX compared to other packaging technologies, which I feel Microsoft kind of shunned and just left out there um, drifting in the wind. So perhaps MSIX is now a priority for Microsoft. Personally, I feel it should be, you know, key to getting application adoption and developers on board 
is to give them the means to take their existing applications and easily deploy them across all Windows devices, as well as develop new applications that can easily and quickly be deployed. The auto update features are pretty key in MSIX too, and that's one of the very cool features I feel of the product. And while it's still in its infancy, it is showing a lot of promise. Windows Defender ATP now integrates with Azure Information Protection to discover sensitive data on endpoints and apply protection. How does it protect? Well, you can create sensitivity labels in Office Security and Compliance. You can also configure the information protection actions that will be applied to the file. Windows Defender ATP uses these sensitivity labels to identify the sensitive files that need Windows Information Protection policy applied on them. So for example, a Microsoft Word document with a label of highly confidential that is on a Windows device can get protected with Windows Information Protection Policy to prevent the inappropriate copying, sharing, or transfer of that information to non-work locations on the device, such as personal email accounts or social media accounts. I know it's something I touched a little bit on in previous episodes of the podcast, and after this week's Phoenix Citrix user group, or last week's Phoenix Citrix user group, where we had security expert Patrick Hobel in. This is something he talked about as one of the great additions of Windows Defender. I know this is something I'm definitely going to be checking out for myself very soon. And now for this week's hot job. This week's hot job is an opportunity with Honor Health in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a level three position as a virtual infrastructure engineer covering all things Citrix. If you fancy a job in the Valley of the Sun and you're a high performer, this could be one for you. The candidate should ideally have six years experience in Citrix Zen App, Zen Desktop, and VMware Horizon View. They must be functionally experienced in daily operations, planning, design, configuration, and implementation. If you see yourself as a high performer and a Citrix generalist, Honor Health would like to hear from you. I'll include a link for this job as I do every week on 5bytespodcast.com and in the YouTube description for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about this particular job, you can also DM me on Twitter, which is at Rory Mon, or send me an email by going to the contact on my page, RoryMon.com. And now for this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. This week's tip is to check out the lazyadministrator.com for the awesome free PowerShell generated Office 365 and AD reports. They are beautiful, rich, interactive HTML reports. And they really are interactive. So it's like this kind of static web page that your data that you pull with the PowerShell script is displayed in, but you're able to drill into that data. Not only are they interactive, but they're probably the nicest looking community reports or dashboards that I've seen. If you're listening to the audio only version of this and you want to see a glimpse of what these reports look like, check out the video version of the podcast on YouTube. As always linked on 5bytespodcast.com, you'll see the YouTube episodes for each episode right there. As always, thank you so much for listening.